This is the Thank You 72 podcast brought to you by the Wisconsin Alumni Association. This podcast salutes outstanding Badgers from every one of Wisconsin's 72 counties. Here's your host, Todd Pritchard. It's kind of my superpower. That's the way UW grad Hans Obma describes his ability to use language and accents to play a variety of characters in an acting career that has taken off. In 2018, he landed a huge role, playing a German named Adrian in the hit AMC drama Better Call Saul. Hans has played everything from a crooked Hungarian businessman to a Czechoslovakian warlord to a French war hero. Jennings. How are you on this fine day? Put your hands in the air. There's no need for that. I never carry a gun. The great Nikolai Shemaya doesn't carry a weapon. You have a very limited view of weapon. I want to offer you a deal. Here's the deal. You're going to the Bureau. If you don't take my deal, you'll never find my colleagues. You're willing to share the whereabouts of your associates. I'll bring them to you. Hans was kind enough to read the words of Arvid Harnack in a recent Thank You 72 podcast about the life of UW grad Mildred Fish Harnack. We're chatting now between takes about his life and his career. Hans, thank you so much for being here for the podcast. My sincere pleasure. I want to talk to you about how you grew up in Wisconsin. You you were born in La Crosse, correct? Correct. Born in La Crosse. My extended family still lives there. We moved around quite a lot. I eventually went to high school in Fond du Lac and then came to UW-Madison, and my family lives in Green Bay now, so I go home to Green Bay now. You lived in Chicago for a little while? Yes. And that's where you kind of picked up the acting bug, it sounds like. Tell us a little more about that. Yeah, so when we were living in Oak Park, uh, when I was in second grade, yeah, outside Chicago, was the first time I ever played something on stage, and I was Alexander Hamilton in a glorious play called United We Stand. And as I recall just a few moments ago, I have just recently forgiven my my teacher from second grade for not casting me as George Washington. But nowadays, Alexander Hamilton is more popular anyway. Why were you attracted to acting? Truthfully, I think it was when we were still living in La Crosse, when I was even younger than that, I really wanted attention. I was just mentioning to a friend uh, here in Madison, Nicole Hyman, not too long ago, that I really wanted attention. I'm the third of four rather splendid um, kids, and I think that I wanted to shine in some way. So acting was an idea in my mind for that. I think that's not why I'm doing it now, but back then that was why. Then you picked up this unusual talent for language and accents. Tell me how that developed. So when I was a junior in high school, I had this really spectacular teacher named Julie Prophet. And uh, she said um, that I had a gift for languages. And she even, in writing in my note, in my yearbook, said, you will one day speak Spanish like a native speaker. And the affirmation was very meaningful to me. And I set to studying languages. And by the time I graduated from high school, I spoke Spanish very well. Um, and strangely, too, I actually was in a car accident my junior year of high school. And one of the byproducts of it was that was that I, rather than PE, got to choose something else. And I chose French. I eventually studied Spanish and French and a bit of German here at UW-Madison. And so those were all contributing things. Tell me about your time here at UW-Madison. What's your favorite memory of, of the university? My favorite memory was living at the Lakeshore dorms. I lived in Turner Cronsage with uh, my roommate Justin Markovsky, still one of my dear friends. 
We had other friends nearby. My friend Mary Barge, now Anderson, was over at Sullivan, and Jeremy Craning, Wendy Andrews were over at Cole, Lee Sondergaard was over at Slichter. These were all really, really wonderful people, and they were just right there. And I tell you, when you're living in the Lakeshore dorms, it's kind of like you're at summer camp. You got studying to do, but all the pine trees and the lakes right there, it was pretty awesome. So you graduated from UW-Madison in 2002. You decided to pursue an acting career. And I guess the way I would think of it is a guy jumping into a pool and not knowing if there's any water at the bottom, right? That metaphor is exactly on. I mean, because in leaving here, all I knew was what I wanted to do. I didn't know how to do it, and I didn't know anybody. And uh, I tell you, as I, for the first few years, very little happened. I, I got as active as I knew how to be. I took classes. I met people. I did everything I was kind of told to do. And then I eventually got some good advice, which is the only thing that has really helped me thus far. Well, maybe that's an exaggeration. But I did get some advice that it's wise to choose something to get very good at and to become known for that one thing. Because generally, good is not something that sticks in people's mind. I mean, it's not hard to realize that a person who casts actors meets with hundreds of actors every week, probably. And a lot of them are quite good. But probably once a month, at most, they meet somebody who says, I specialize in playing foreign roles. I play foreigners, villains, and crazy people. Um, and that has, has stuck in people's minds as well. Now, some people would think that that's kind of like um, typecasting, right? But you're, what you're really saying is you're filling a niche. There's a needed niche there that... Yeah. That, that is what you're specializing in, and that totally makes sense. It's not unlike any business a person has. If you have a business, you better be useful to certain people, and if people don't know what your business does, then that's not who they're going to go to. Whereas my business is to do these things, and therefore if people who are buying that come to me, well, that's a good reality, particularly if I've got something good to offer. So the folks at Better Call Saul bought it. Folks at Better Call Saul bought it, yes. What a huge breakthrough for you. So how did that happen? Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a real blessing. Really, the way that it happened is the way that so many things happened, except for the ending is different. So the way that my life works is probably, I don't know, two or three times a week, I'll just get an audition notice from my agent, and then I set about preparing the audition. Most of the time, it's videotaped rather than going in to meet people, and this was that as well. One of my agents got me... A lot of information where they knew that it was the German skills were a plus. They knew that it was going to be recurring a certain amount. And so I did my very best to take very good care of that audition. And then I, I think I auditioned something like three times and then eventually got it, which is just very exciting. So again, auditions all are that way. You get the audition and it's a possibility to try to good, take good care of it. And then 95% of the time, you don't hear anything. The other part of the time, you get it. So it's very exciting in that way. It's just a great ending to the, a story that's usually fairly familiar. I think part of your success, too, has been the fact that sometimes you get cast in roles that, that Viggo Mortensen would, may have picked up, right? Because you have a similar look to him. Is that, is that true? Has that been something that's helped you? So actually, um, uh, an acting teacher that I had in Los Angeles named Leslie Kahn, um, she gave me an actor's log line, and it was... A young Barishnikov meets Viggo Mortensen with a healthy dose of quirk. <laughs> and that has been, that's been helpful. I mean, there is an element of kind of using descriptors to kind of stick in people's heads. Really, the first day that I arrived in Los Angeles, somebody said, you look like Viggo Mortensen. And then now it's happened literally thousands of times. And I think it has been useful in the sense that 
Viggo Mortensen is a cool guy that has a lot of positive associations with him, and he's not so famous that it's distracting for people, but there's kind of a cool vibe to him that people offer to me. So cool. I like it. <laughs> have you ever had a chance to meet him? I have had the slightest bit of contact with his management, but I've never met Viggo Mortensen. I would like to. That sounds super fun. Yeah, so it should be on your bucket list. Well, and so we have some funny things in common. So he is Scandinavian um, in the same way that I am. I'm of Norwegian descent on my mom's side. He's of Danish descent. He is a fluent Spanish speaker, as I am, with an Argentine accent, which I also have when I speak Spanish. So sort of a funny handful of things. This episode of Thank You 72 is brought to you by the UW Alumni Store. Whether you're looking for some stylish apparel or spirited accessories, visit uwalumnistore.com. Because when you make a purchase at the official retailer for University of Wisconsin alumni, you'll do more than buy something. You'll be a part of something, a lifestyle, and a culture that's beloved the world over. Plus, proceeds from sales go to support the Wisconsin Alumni Association and its mission to keeping Badgers connected. So check out uwalumnistore.com to really wear your Badger pride on your sleeve. Now, back to our conversation with UW alum, actor Hans Obma. Once again, here's your host, Todd Pritchard, from the Wisconsin Alumni Association. Let's talk about accents, and can you give me an example of some of the characters you've played based on just being able to do accents? Years ago, I had gotten this advice that I ought to specialize in something. So I thought, well, the first thing I'm going to do is just go shoot footage of myself with all these different accents. I literally got done editing what's called an actor's reel, which is just this compilation of footage. I sent it off the next day to the casting directors of General Hospital. And three days later, I had booked a role on General Hospital playing a Russian named Horvat. Um, not a particularly glorious role, but it's exciting. I did a few episodes of General Hospital, and it was as immediate as that. As soon as I had footage of myself doing something specific and it was useful to somebody, they cast me in the thing. And then it just starts to snowball after that, right? Yeah. So the thing about, for me, doing languages and accents is it's not as though every episode of every show has somebody who speaks a foreign language or accent, but usually every show at some point in a season, there is something that comes along. So it's not like I get a call from a casting director every single episode of their show, but there are casting directors that I'll get a call from every season at some point. And just the fact that I've done things in Russian, in German, in French, casting directors then tend to assume that I probably speak another language as well, even if I don't. So like last year, I got a call. They wanted to know if I spoke Croatian, or at least they sent me an audition in Croatian. I don't speak Croatian, but I do speak basic Russian. And um, I have a lot of confidence with regard to languages. So Google Translate was my friend. And I got all of the lines for this role on The Resident on Fox. Um, uh, and I memorized the lines in Croatian. And so it went. Here we are. So I have a challenge for you. How many accents can you do in 30 seconds? You want to give it a try? I can give it a try. Okay, okay. I'm going to start the clock right now. So last year I played... Um, a British character in uh, The Importance of Being Honest. This is me with a rather posh British accent. I can talk like I'm from a very northern part of Wisconsin or the Middle West in any way, and it's sort of fun for me to do that. Um, but actually, the German was something that I started learning, and, and I thought, this sounds sort of like somebody from Wisconsin. It's very Russian is very useful in a variety of ways because it doubles for anything from Eastern Europe. 
the French is interesting as well because people uh, think that uh, this is not how people talk. But you go to France, you hear people talk. This is how they talk. They don't get rid of the accent, the French. <laughs> that was 35 seconds. Ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> I gave you five extra, but that was awesome. And I think in, in one recent role, you, you actually spoke French in, in the role. Right? Yes. So in turn on AMC, I was, uh, yeah, a French, a French war hero from the American Revolutionary War named Admiral de Grasse. Um, if you go look him up, we don't look vaguely similar. However, they put a white wig on me and I went for it. It was a glorious, glorious experience, actually. That was a wonderful, wonderful experience. What has been your favorite role so far? Probably the most exciting role was I was a character named Gregor on The Vampire Diaries for a little while in the CW. It was really exciting because for the first time I went and shot on location for a few weeks and I was hanging out with the cast a lot. It was as glamorous as acting has ever been for me. It was really fun. So The Vampire Diaries was pretty cool. Where do you see your career going from here? Where would you like it to go? Where would I like my career to go from here? Um, I was mentioning to my friend Nicole Hyman not too long ago that eventually it would be exciting to play a rather sensitive man from Wisconsin, as this is who I am, actually. For the time being, though, I am delighted to play people from other countries. I would love to play a Bond villain is sort of a pipe dream sort of thing. But not a pipe dream in the sense that I, I think there is some wisdom to setting one side on what one wants to do because it tends to lead us in, in this particular career. Sometimes it's not at all obvious where one is supposed to go. But if one has an idea of this is where I'd like to go, then one has a direction anyway to work with. Is there a way that you can plant a seed to potentially do that? So funnily enough, uh, I have a dear friend, Courtney Matz, back in Los Angeles, who knew that I would like to play a Bond villain. And she is currently developing a... A micro-series, I think she calls it, of vignettes where I play a Bond villain um, who is a chameleon who seamlessly goes from, um, from one accent or nationality to another. And she would like to get that in front of people who work on, on the James Bond movies. That'd be really cool. That would really, really be cool. Hans, thank you so much for being here for the podcast. Thank you, sir. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. You've been listening to the Thank You 72 podcast. Stories of amazing Badgers from Wisconsin's 72 counties. Brought to you by the Wisconsin Alumni Association. For more podcasts, visit thankyou72.org. That's thankyou72.org.